Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda slash Hyundai, and Worth the Poor. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Ah, feels good to be back already. I'll talk about him early. I can't deal. I can't deal. Oh, man, good show today. Good show lined up. Today we're going to talk about, look, free agency is two weeks from now. Two weeks from now is free agency, and we've got to get under the cap. So we'll figure out how we'll tweak this cap uh, to keep our best players and create enough cap space to bring back who you want, hit the free agency market, and all that good stuff. And also in the roundup, Micah Parsons, Sat down with Rich Eisen. He had a really good uh, sit down. I enjoyed that interview. In fact, he switched roles. He went and became the host. We'll talk a little bit about what he had to say. And then Semi Fehoko sat down on 105.3 The Fan. And um, he had some very, very interesting things to say on there uh, that kind of jive with what we've been saying here on this channel, what a lot of people have been saying in general. And then he talks a little bit about his role. So we'll get into that as well in the roundup but uh as always you guys can call in we can talk about whatever you want to talk about 351-999-3787 is the pulse of the nation hotline one of the hottest hotlines for the dallas cowboys fans out there in the morning show around the nation period we're trying to continue to grow this thing so appreciate y'all for being here this morning yeah yeah we in here early man we in here early fresh face said part of the 6 a.m crew this week he in san francisco Man, I appreciate y'all really coming through in the early in the morning like this, man. Shout out to my guy, Stu Wood, in the building. Uh, I haven't seen you in a minute, brother. How you doing, man? How you doing? Uh, more shout-outs in order. TC915, David C., Primetime Phil, Jonathan Scruggs, Mike Harris, Tom Downey, Burner Account, Professor O in the building, My Lady Michelle, uh, Adam Mac, Miss Nisi, Captain America, How Goes It, uh, Keith Shepsey, Burleson, A. Lou, our member Matt Goddix, Jeremy Parker, and over on the Facebook crew, we got Lance Bell, CJ Richards, John Garcia, Chuck P, and the many more coming through as we get going. What's up, Sam? What's up, Josh? Good morning, Anthony from El Paso. Joe the Gooner. Joe the Gooner, that's interesting. I never heard seen that name before. What's up, Joe? Uh, appreciate you guys joining me this morning. It is Monday, February 28th, final day, I believe, right? Yeah, of uh, February. So we'll be heading into March which means we're about to start actually the combine, which was weird this year, right? They had the whole will they, won't they, bubble them, not bubble them, all those type of restrictions or whatnot, but they threatened to hold out, and it looks like the combine players will be allowed to go and do what they do, mask type of mandates, but other than that, they'll be able to do their own thing. Um, we'll try to get on some some draft pundits this week for the combine, Here's the thing about it, though. Not every position group will be seen during the week. The start of the week is usually orientations, interviews, things like that. They'll get on the field late, I believe, this week. I want to say Thursday. So if I'm wrong, let me know. But I believe Thursday, offensive linemen and another group. I forget which one. Not offensive linemen. I think it's wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. I think that's that's what it is. I think they are first up on the field, and then you'll start to see more Friday than Saturday. Uh, they'll they'll round it out. So a lot for the combine. Big week for these players. 
I know a lot of people call it the Underwear Olympics, but it is what it is. Uh, the Combine is a time for these players to rise, their stocks to rise, and uh, you'll see some second, third-round guys end up going in the first, second round because of their uh, great Combine. So y'all stick around for that. We'll try to get some people on the show this week and figure out who we should keep our eye on. But today is about Cowboys cap gymnastics, and uh, we'll, we're going to dive into an article that SpotRack uh, wrote uh, the owner of Spot Rack wrote, which I thought was very great, a really good article. He details how the Cowboys can create up to seventy million, but I don't believe they need, they even need to do that. So uh, we'll go line by line, we'll go player by player, and I got six moves: six, one, two, three, four, five, six uh, moves that the Cowboys can make to stay under the cap, way under, keep their players, their best players, and participate if they want. And dare I say, free agency. We don't really do free agency around here, but they can bring back somebody with that money. They can go out and get somebody with that money, but we'll talk about that. Uh, appreciate you, Professor Rowe. said he's going to uh, send me the schedule. I took a look at it. Was it early this morning or last night? And I, it was all color-coded and things like that. I just didn't memorize it, but I, I, I want to say it's offensive lineman this week. I want to say that. Um, but all right, let's jump into this roundup because the roundup is very interesting as well. It is time for It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. The morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. Visit any of the nine locations in the DFW area or TexasFamilyFitness.com. Like I said, Micah, man, he went on Rich Eisen's show, and he's just been absolutely crushing his media roundtable. I already reached out, going to try to get him on the show as well at some point, if not live, a recorded version of something, just to talk to Micah, man. He's just a... Really good listen. I could, I could watch his interviews all day. Really good listen. Um, he talked about a bunch of different things, but the one that kind of got a little weird traction and made some people feel uncomfortable on Twitter for whatever reason uh, was the fact that he heaped a ton of praise on Dan Quinn, uh, as one would expect, right? That's his coach. That's his guy. Uncle Quinn is what he calls him. But Twitter got uncomfortable when Rich Eisen asked him about Mike McCarthy and Micah's tone changed or whatever. And <laughs> tell you, man, the fact that there's social media now, people take every small little thing and we, we try to make something out of it. But Micah simply said he doesn't have as much communication with McCarthy as he does with Dan Quinn because Coach McCarthy is an offensive guy. Uh, but when they do speak, it's more about his mental health, about his family, off-field things, uh, and just making sure he's good there. Folks, that's not abnormal. That's, that's very, very normal. Uh, more likely you're going to be closer to your coordinator or position coach than you are with your head coach unless they are specific to that position, meaning if Dan Quinn was the head coach, obviously Micah would be closer. But because there's an offensive head coach, they don't normally go into these defensive meetings and sit there and they're not calling these. That's not how it works. But Twitter didn't really like the tone. And Twitter made it seem like, Oh, well, look how Micah said this and Micah said that. You're, you're taking that way out of proportion, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't think there's any issues 
between Micah Parsons and Mike McCarthy. Uh, I just think he's closer to Dan Quinn, flat out. I've, I've asked this question to plenty of other uh, players. They're closer to their coaches, their specific coordinators or position coaches than they would be with the opposite, meaning offense, defense, defense, offense. And special teams, for that matter. And special teams. Professor O said, I'm glad social media didn't exist in the 90s. Boy, oh boy. I don't know if the Cowboys would have got through three championships if social media would have existed through the 90s. People would have been canceled, been cut, all types of things. And for those that lived through that, y'all could speak on it even more. (laughs) Y'all could speak on it. Hell, I believe it was Nate Newton who talked about something like that, saying, I'm glad there wasn't a Twitter back then. They've been nuts. Semi Fehoka, though, I actually like, I was more interested in what he had to say about coaching and concepts and things, and I was making a big deal about what Micah had to say about coaches. But he opened up um, on his role and a little bit more on 105 through the fan. Here's a quote from Semi Fehoka that I want to read out here. And this is about concepts and things like that. He said, at Stanford, we had a fairly complex playbook. But coming here, it's more concept-driven. Like for me in college, they were going to call, you're going deep, this is your play here, or this is your play. Here, it's more like, okay, this is the whole concept, and if you happen to get the read, that's where we're looking for. Then that's where we're going. So it's more conceptual learning rather than specific player-oriented calls. You might think no big deal. In a way, it's it's, it's not a, a massive deal what he said there uh, because in the NFL, it is a little bit more concept-oriented, right? It's a little bit more supposed to be sophisticated and complicated or whatever, and, it, and it's not necessarily all, all player-oriented. However, we've been talking about that exact thing for months and months and months so I'm going to continue to beat this dead horse the, the concept driven thing is fine right you, you you have to have some sort of concept some sort of system uh, because players can then become interchangeable in that system but when it comes down to the nitty gritty when it's nut cutting time as we talked about before when it's clutch time and all those things You do need to be more player specific. And I don't know that Simi has the temperature of the, or the pulse of the nation, right? Of Cowboys nation. Because what he said really could open up a can of worms, but that is absolutely proof right there. Like Tom said, that is proof right there in your face. The wide receiver in the room. If you already didn't see the proof or hear it from Amari Cooper, that this is just not an offensive scheme that is tailored around its players. It's not, at least in the passing game. At least in the, and hell, you can say in the running game too, because you don't see certain things ran for Tony Pollard like it should be or Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it's the same thing for both guys. So there it is, man. A guy who's in the wide receiver room, a guy who who is right there with Dak and and, and Cooper and Lamb and Coach or not McCarthy, yeah McCarthy probably. Uh, Kellen Moore and those guys, they don't draw it up for Coop, for Lamb, for Michael, for whomever. They draw it up and say, hey, whoever the read is. And I don't know how many times I got to say this, 
But I'm telling you, if that's all you can do, I do believe it's easier to take away what you want to do from a defensive player, from a defensive coach. Oh, okay. If they want to do a three-step drop, four-step drop, his, his first look is <clears throat> Cooper. All I have to do is make sure I congest that spot for the first read, and then he goes, he's going to move on to the next. And that's just a, a, a very raw example, but <laughs> go watch. Go watch Denver. Go watch uh, the 49ers. Go watch some of these games. That's exactly what they did, and um, we got to find a way to counter that, both from a head coaching, offense coordinator, and quarterback uh, position. They got to find a way to counter that. But definitely check out Simi Fehoko's full interview on 105 through the fan. It was really good. He also talked about, though, his hybrid role, which I thought was interesting. Uh, let me read this quote real quick. He says, talking with head coach Mike McCarthy, he was saying, potentially this year, you gain a little bit more weight. We can use you as more like a hybrid tight end uh, slash wide receiver uh, type body, which I have no problem with doing, says Simi. I played a lot of heavier weight in college. They made me lose weight when I came here. So obviously gaining weight and playing at a higher uh, weight isn't a problem. I I found that interesting because Mike McCarthy is kind of want to say a tight end whisperer. He played tight end. If you go look at his tight end history in Green Bay, he brought in a lot of guys that were successful. And you might say, well, Aaron Rodgers. And I'll say, well, Dak Prescott. Because Dak Prescott makes tight ends look good here, too. Uh, and we're talking Martellus Bennett. Um, Richard Rodgers, I believe, was one. Jared Cook. Jermichael Finley. Jeremy, uh, Jimmy Graham. And some of these guys were good elsewhere, but they were kind of on the downhill. Then it came to Green Bay, and boom, they pop right back up. So, if it's one position McCarthy does know, and, and we talked about this, you guys probably don't know. A lot of people weren't here two years ago when I first started this channel. Um, we hired Mike McCarthy. One of the first things I said was, go look at the tight ends. McCarthy is known for bringing in outside free agent tight ends and getting really good quality starts out of them. And if you look at them, they're mostly those athletic guys. They're the Jimmy Graham, so Martellus Bennett's, the Jared Cooks, the Jermichael... Finley's, these are athletic guys. Even Richard Rodgers was athletic. Semi's not a tight end. He'd be more like an H-back. But he played at like 227. So imagine if he could put on 8 pounds, 10 pounds, closer to 240. He'd be one of those light tight ends, those Evan Ingram types. I wouldn't expect him to block too much. But uh, it's interesting. To me, though, I, I, I kind of look at it as concerning. Because if if he's asking you to kind of play a tight end position and wide receiver, that means you haven't quite gotten it down pat at the wide receiver position. So, uh, and that could be me jumping to conclusions. I could be jumping to conclusions, but I'm rooting for Semi because we might need him. <laughs> we might need him. Depending on what the Cowboys do with, you know, one Amari Cooper. You might need Simi Fayoko. He might play a, a higher role than he's expected to play, uh, if depending on what they do with the decision uh, with the Mark Cooper. You know, Tom says, "Sky Mike McCarthy can't manage an analog watch." Damn, you that you that down on Mike McCarthy? I'm not that down on Mike. I, I told y'all that before. I look at Mike McCarthy as he's you know he's on the strings. Right? There's the puppet master, and then there's the people below. All right? What is he gonna do? They done snipped him already. You know? I don't think Mike McCarthy cannot coach. 
I don't believe that for one second. I just think he is under a puppet master and has to do what he's told to do. With that said, I would like a coach that could be more confrontational with the upper management because I do think confrontation, good things can come out of that in organizations, in businesses, right? You can't always have a bunch of yes men. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at Mike. Do I think he's the guy that's going to take us there? Probably not. Uh, it's going to have to be players over coaches type of thing. And I think Michael Parsons said that. I think Micah said something along the lines of sometimes talent beats coaching or something along those lines. Um, and that's exactly what's going to have to happen here in Dallas, I think. I don't think the coaches are all the way equipped, specifically offense, to manage how they want to manage. Unless you're in with the the upper management. Unless you're Kellen Moore, right? Those type of guys. Jason Garrett, even he was kind of hamstrung towards the end there. So, yeah, that's something we got to deal with. Professor Rose says, Bucks, Saints, Packers, Cards, and Jags are the international games this year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Micah said, Coach Coach Mike doesn't hardly even. Yeah, Peter, you must have missed the beginning of all of the whole thing. It's really not that big of a deal. As I said at the top of the show, if you're a defensive guy and your head coach is an offensive guy, they're likely not going to be talking a lot of football. Uh, but Micah said they talk more off-field things, more life things. They ask, how's he doing mentally? How's the family? How are you adjusting to the NFL? Things like that. Um, and, and the Twitter world, and, and as you can see here, you know, people kind of blew this thing up and was like, oh, my God, look at his tone. Relax. That's normal. Uh, that is very normal, in my opinion. Very, very normal. Anthony says, has a head coach who didn't get to pick his OC ever been successful in Dallas? Uh, let's ask Wade Phillips. One year of success. Two years, really, if you count 09. Of modern, of cowboy success. You know, not the Cowboys of the 90s success. I'm talking about going to the playoffs, winning the playoff game. That's about the most success we're getting at at this point. Um, but, yeah, you don't normally see that. And to me, that's not a Mike McCarthy problem. It's not a Wade Phillips problem. That's a Jerry Jones problem. So that's why I'm not as hard on him. I understand he's probably not the guy, y'all, but but I understand that because of who he's dealing with. Who he's dealing with. All right. With that said, like I said, guys, we're going to figure out, we're going to go into detail exactly what the Cowboys can do with Cooper, among others, to create more cap. A whole lot more cap. But first, let me tell you guys about Freeman Mazda, the Freeman Mazda ride of the week. I often, and it's it's a running joke on our game day lives, talk about my Mazda 6. But today's, this week's Mazda ride of the week is the Mazda 3. Now, like I said, I have the 6, but they have all the same great features. It's a luxury type of vehicle with an affordable price. You're talking about the Apple CarPlay, the blind spot monitoring, the backup camera, the keyless entry. I will never go back because of these things. If the car doesn't include these things, I ain't getting it. Um, if you're looking to get a car for a young buck, like your kid or something like that, I highly recommend these things because that blind spot monitoring, backup camera, things like that are, are necessary uh, in today's driving climate, especially in Dallas. 
but the Apple CarPlay is by far my favorite. I have an iPhone, sync it to the car. I got everything I need on there. Listen to my podcast, my music, all that good stuff. So for more details, head over to freemanmazda.net for all things Mazda 3 on our ride of the week. All right, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to transition and head on over to this spot rack article. And we're going to go line for line on exactly how the Cowboys can get under the cap and create more space to bring back the guys that they want to. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. You want cap? I'm going to get you cap. I'm going to get you cap, Cowboys Nation. I'm going to figure it out. Steven might not do nothing with it, but I'm going to get you some cap. Spot Rack did a very, very good breakdown of the Cowboys, like I said, to free up $70 million. But what I'm going to do today is we're going to talk about how to free up not $70 million, about $50 million-ish. $50 million-ish. And... Um, sign back the guys we want to sign back all right so we're going to start off with and shout out to spot rat you know want to make sure i give them their credit for this article this isn't something that i came up with but i'm not going to do the exact moves that they did okay there's six moves that i'm going to make and the first one that he talks about is the obvious one the quarterback position they haven't done anything yet but they will. 100% they will. And if you really look at his cap number, because people are going to tell you, man, Dak Prescott, $40 million. First of all, his cap number is not $40 million this year. It's $34.45 million, which currently is eighth in football. And if you look at guys like Kyler Murray, who's looking for an extension, guys like uh, the cat over in Lamar Jackson is looking for an extension. He's going to drop down in that cap figure. So he's probably going to be somewhere around 8th or sorry, around 10th or 11th. But a full-on restructure, which is likely going to happen, can take his cap number down from $34 million to $19.2, saving $15 million. That will happen. That's If it's one thing I know of all the restructures, that one will happen. So now for all those that say, well, Dallas can't keep or they can't go. Well, because of Dak's, no, Dak is will be making on the cap at least $19 million. What's your next excuse? Yeah, I'm being a little bit more, a little bit sarcastic here because it's silly. You absolutely can build your team while paying your quarterback. In fact, you have to. You don't swap out that position like you swap out running backs. I'm sorry. Speaking of running backs, so Spot Rack wants you to do, and I'm going to ask some questions at the end of this, or in between these things. Quarterback was easy. Running back, though, they're predicting to save $9 million by restructuring Ezekiel Elliott's contract. 
Right now, he's counting $18 million against the cap, and that is just absurd. Uh, they say by far the most by any running back in the NFL, uh, but a base salary structure can drop it down to $9 million, saving $9 million. As nuts as that $18 million cap hit is, as nuts as it is, I would not touch it. Therefore, I am not going to touch it. So my question to you, Cowboys Nation, would you restructure Ezekiel Elliott's contract to save nine, $9 million in 2022? I'm not touching this contract. Uh, you're out is 2023 where you have some dead money around like what, $5 million or so, six million, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, and I have a hard time believing that he'll be on this team next year unless he has an all-pro season. And I know we're jumping ahead. And this ain't cool. This is Zeke. Y'all love Zeke. I get it. But <laughs> you can win without a, a guy like Zeke. I'm going to keep saying it. But I have a hard time seeing him being on this team at the cap that he's going to be at. So unless they do a full-on restru- or redo his contract, I can't see it happening. And if you restructure it, you just make his cap hit more next year. So I wouldn't touch it. And it looks like a, a lot of you guys are not trying to touch it as well. Going back to Dak, Tom said uh, Dak's deal's a bargain. It, it, it is. I mean, it could have been. It sucks because it could have been along the Matt Stafford type bargains. But Dallas is going to Dallas. So now we got to figure out how to restructure this cap. <laughs> hey, Twan. Hey, my man, Twan. I, I see. I see Twan here in a minute. He, this is he's definitely Zeke's guy. And and I'm and listen, Twan, you know, we had our back and forth on Zeke. I love Zeke for what he does for Dallas. I love his, his, his warrior mentality. But I am of the ilk that I don't need a Zeke. That doesn't mean he's bad. It's just I don't need a Zeke to be successful in this league running the rock. Um, and then, I, you know, I've seen these young guys come in the league at, I'd rather utilize that bread to go do something else if I can, man, than, than pay my running back $18 million on a cap or whatever it's going to be next year. So appreciate Zeke, but uh, I doubt he'll be on his team next year at that cap hit. At that cap hit. No, yeah, nothing to me is wrong with the quarterback money. We talked about that just a few ago. Like the $34 million at this point is, eight, is, is eighth in the league, so that's not even the highest. And then once it gets dropped down to $19 million, that's – it's nothing at the quarterback position, which is obviously the the most important position on the team. And we saw without a Dak Prescott and a backup quarterback with your starting running back in Ezekiel Elliott, it, it, it don't it don't roll that way. It don't roll that way. So some people are trying to trade Zeke. No, 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 no. Wouldn't trade him. Wouldn't cut him. Wouldn't do anything this year. Let him rock out. You you get nothing. You gain nothing from moving on from Zeke this year. And, and, and when it comes to trade, how many teams are really going to trade a crazy amount of capital for him right now? I can't see that happening. And again, it's not because of him. It's it's because of the position. His contract is, is, is an albatross when it comes to running back positions. Even the biggest Zeke fan, if you're a, a quarter or not quarterback, a general manager of another team, are you giving up big assets to bring in Zeke? At, at that number, I can't see it. So I, I wouldn't t- I wouldn't try to trade him. You you use him and Tony Pollard, who they have right there, and you form one of the best, if not the best, one-two punches in the league. That's how you got to use them. And if it's only one more year, then it's just one more year. It is what it is. 
Um, if Zeke finishes the year healthy, are we talking the same? I hope he finishes the year healthy. I told you. The only way you're probably, and I don't even know if you're okay with it, but you're leaning towards feeling better about bringing him back on whatever his cap hit is next year, upwards of $20 million, is if he has a DeMarco Murray type year, 1,800 yards, 16 touchdowns type of thing, right? And even then, if you go look at Dallas, he had all those yards. He played well, and they did not bring him back in regards to DeMarco Murray. So it would take almost an MVP-like season, uh, for, for in my opinion, for Zeke to be off the hook in regards to a cap casualty. Uh, Barry said, no one's discussing why we, why we're here, why we are where we are with Zeke. The offense absolutely ran through Zeke. He had Jerry over a barrel and Jerry folded. Yeah, we talked about that a lot here, Barry, in regards to the Cowboys organization uh, kind of folding, like you said, to the running back position two years prior than they needed to. They could have just let that thing run and then, you know, figured out what to do there. But, hey, man, shout out to Zeke. He knew what he was doing. Him and his team are very smart. And when you run a guy into the ground like they are with, like they're doing with Zeke, I just find it hard for him not to be dinged up, banged up guy moving forward because he has, he's had the most touches of any running back since he's came into the league. And those, that position doesn't, you don't get healthier the longer you play. There's only a few Emmett Smith, you know, Curtis Martin types, even AP, Adrian Peterson, AD, whatever you want to call him all day. He got dinged up towards the end of his career. So, and Zeke is only 27, but he's probably more like 30 in regards to carries. Injury prone, I wouldn't say that yet. You probably need at least three seasons of that. But dinged up guy, hurt guy, going to play. I mean, it's the position, right? That is the position. When you play running back and you get as many carries as Zeke has gotten, you're starting to see it accumulate. You saw it last year. Played up, He played hurt. So it was hard for me to really say, ah, you know, he played hurt. So I'm not in the offensive line and things like that. He missed the game this year. Towards PCL, played through it, played hurt. Tough guy, going to be a warrior mentality. I That's two years now in a row, and I'm pretty sure next year he'll get dinged up. That happens. That's a position. The best way to make sure you get the most out of that man, though, is to use the guy underneath him, Tony Pollard. Zeke should no longer be 25-30 touch guy. You do that, you're just going to run into more hurt Zeke. When you got a guy like Tony Pollard who is easily capable of a 1,500-yard season in total yards. Easily capable. You just have to be able to utilize it. You guys remember the Saints? Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. What's so hard to use those guys in similar fashions? So, that's where we at, man. That's where we at. So, I wouldn't touch his contract because nine times out of 10, you're going to get out of this. I don't think he's lasting to 2025 or 26, whenever his contract um, is, is up. So the what you want to do is make sure you don't have a massive dead cap hit whenever you decide to move on. You don't want to do that. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. We could jump back there later. And if you guys want to call in, I don't have the phone line. On this screen, but it's 351-999-3787. 351-999-3787. Now, obviously, this is the big one. 
This is this is the one everyone's talking about, Amari Cooper. And I've said this a plenty, plenty, plenty of times. Let's read kind of what they talk about here. They're actually highlighting trading him June 1st. But there's so many different things you can do with Coop. You can do nothing, keep his $22 million cap hit, um, and you make his release next year. If you do so, $0, not $0, but very, very minimal, which it looks like $6 million. I wouldn't do that. Uh, you can restructure most of his salary into a signing bonus. And uh, tackle on two void years at the end of the contract, that drops his 2022 hit to $6 million, freeing up $15 million. There is your real answer. No trade June 1st, no trade prior to June 1st, no release. That is your answer right there. Amari Cooper's 27. He's still, I think, one of the best wide receivers in this game, top five route runner. We saw, we, we know what he does for this offense. I've been saying it for the last three, four years, whatever. He's the straw that truly stirs this passing game's drink. I'm going to continue to beat this thing to on a, like a dead horse. Restructure Amari. Extend him. Do whatever you have to do to minimize his cap hit and keep him here. It's not difficult. When that guy right there in the bottom left corner talks about got some tough decisions, you don't. Not with him. You don't have a tough decision with Amari Cooper. Add on the void years. Create $15 million in cap space, and you keep your best wide receiver. It's not that difficult, Cowboys. It's not that difficult. Twan said, we keep Coop, or we cut Coop, we're screwed. Twan, you ain't been here in a while, brother, but we've been talking about on this channel how crazy it would be. And I'm going to be real with y'all, man. As a Cowboy fan, you know, I do this as a living, but as a fan, I'd be dejected. You know, if you want to get your you want to get your fan base's hopes back up, you know, because it is what it is. At least for me, I'm not going to lie to y'all. We're, we're we're in a down period right now, but once we get to the draft, once we get through free agency, we start seeing them playing football again. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get my hopes up. It is what it is, or as they say, it is what it is. But if they get rid of Amari Cooper and the other guy, we're going to talk about here in a second. Boy, it's going to be hard to come on here and feel good. Boy, it's going to be hard to come on here and and, and talk proudly or put on a, a, a strong face. Because to me, it's not showing that you really want to win. It's showing me that you want to save money. I'm going to cut Amari Cooper to what? Draft a receiver in the first round? Why? See, I need my safe word. I need my safe word because I'm really I'm getting amped up about this because it makes no sense. You don't do it. Your answer is right there at number two. Restructure most of his twenty million dollars, create fifteen million in cap space. Right there, those two moves. Mari Cooper, Dak Prescott, create thirty million dollars in cap space. You're now under the cap by roughly eight million because the cow the Cowboys are right now twenty two million over, and you didn't have to touch Ezekiel Elliott's contract. You keep Zeke, you keep Dak, obviously, and you keep Amari Cooper. That's just two moves. I haven't even gotten into the rest of them, but let me get into the chat and see what you guys are talking about. <laughs> the safe word is glory, ho. Y'all funny. Uh, remember what the decision turned out to be, says Barry? Uh, turned out when Jerry and Steven decided to go with wide receiver by committee. Yeah, absolutely. Fresh said, I think some fans are okay with cutting Coop because... He's not being utilized. 20 is a big number for that. I'm going to play devil's advocate on that one. Fresh, 
and we've talked about a lot on this channel. This team, the players usually have to overcome the coaching. The coaching usually has to overcome the management. The best way to do that is with the most talented players. More talented players that I have, the better chance I have of overcoming whatever deficiencies I have above me, meaning coaching, meaning uh, front office. So if I'm getting rid of one of our best players, how do I overcome that? So that would be my devil's advocate to that fresh. Uh, We do have a caller on the line before I go back to the. Who we got here? Nacho. Nacho, what's up, brother? My man, Sky. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. How you feeling? Um, I'm feeling, man. I tell you, last time I called, you know, I apologize. I was very, you know, very uh, carrying those emotions and everything, you know, obviously from our loss. But, you know, as you alluded to, you know, we got to live in the now and we got to move on and we got to just say, hey, what can we do to get better from here on forward? And I think we're at that stage where, you know, these big decisions are coming up, right? And, you yeah. know, um, I think we're listening to, to many different scenarios, and and it's going to be hard, you know. But I'm with you on, you know, do are we going to be on the mindset of trying to save, get under the cap, trying to kind of spend kind of, uh, if you will, like at the dollar store compared to spending, you know, elite, or do we want to be competitive and do we understand that we are, and we do have a roster that, can be competitive, uh, obviously, uh, you know. That's that's something that I think we need to, as Cowboys Nation, we need to drown out the, the noise because we do have a roster that can be competitive and you can create room to make sure that it remains the same. I don't want to say remains the same because I'm always about getting better. I believe it was, I want to say Penn State, I forget which coach might have said it, but if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Joe Paterno, yeah. I think, said that. But it, it could be it's a general saying. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So we're, we should be transitioning this conversation to, you know, not creating space space so that, you know, for moving on from good players, but creating space while keeping them and adding more good players because this roster is – the core of the mm-hmm. roster is talented. So add more talent because they're, they're going to be the ones asked to do it. You know, you know yeah. You know, um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, keeping Dan Quinn back, you know, allows us to kind of build that defense even more, you know, with the type of players that, you know, obviously that fit our scheme and that fit what he's looking for. Um, so that's exciting. Um, at the same time, you know, I think I believe it's pretty evident that, uh, you know, we struggled, you know, with our O-line and our, our run offense and our our pass protection, and uh, and we faltered. You know, we faltered in the second half, and be it for whatever reason it was, but uh, we were not the same team and not the same offense, uh, you know, that we were at the beginning of, of, of the year. So, um, you know, now is a very critical time where, you know, I, I understand the big contracts with DeMarcus Lawrence, and I know paying him, what is well, we'll it, about there. a 24.7 million? You know, there's a solution the really high. There's a solution to every okay. problem. And, and, and we're going to discuss the Marcus Lawrence solution uh, here, here in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's coming up. So now let me ask 
you this. Um, obviously, I mean, there's probably too, way too many players, too many very good players uh, that are coming up. And obviously the Amari Cooper one is a huge one. Obviously releasing him prior to June June 1st is a big one. You save a lot of money, yada, yada. But at the same time, what are we losing? I mean, we're losing a big-time player that is one of the top players, uh, you know, top wide receivers in terms of, you know, getting open and, and doing, uh, you know, and him and him and Dak have such a great report, you know? Yeah, let, let's um, talk about that whole releasing thing. You can release Amari Cooper. I'm reading here from that article we just we had up today. You can release him prior, or I'm sorry, after June 1st or trade him, whatever. And you create twenty million of cap space, or you can restructure him and free up fifteen million in cap space. It's five million dollars of cap space worth cutting Amari Cooper. It's not. Is it worth trading Amari Cooper? It's not. So, so the Joneses cannot fool me, and that's why we're doing what we're doing because we. I want to make sure y'all aren't getting fooled. And I know a lot of a lot of our fans are smart fans in this chat, so I'm not even really talking to y'all. But there are a lot of fans that don't understand these parameters, right? And, and we want to detail it so you're not out there when, when Stephen Jones comes on a horn and says, well, we got to move money and pie and got to make tough decisions. No, you don't. There are, there are answers to these questions. And restructure, right? Restructure the big contracts. Restructure the players that you know you're going to keep and are going to keep playing for you, you know, uh, you know, like a Zach Martin, uh, uh, you know, obviously a Dak Prescott, you know, and, and, and get those monies and balance it out and keep the team competitive, continue to draft uh, 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 good, you know, in terms of the draft because that's that's been our motto now ever since, you know, the last so many years now is we prefer to draft our players rather than do what the Rams did where we can go after these, you know, veteran big-time free agents, which – I'm hoping that we can do a little bit of both because, you know, this team's got to, you know, it, it's uh, that window of these players and coaches, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be short and quick and fast. So yeah. they, they, they got to really be prepared, right? Indeed. But uh, anyway, I'll let you go. Appreciate it and uh, good stuff. I'm on my way to work. I was a little bit earlier today and I thought I'd just call in, uh, say hello, and uh, just really value you your information and your stuff. I mean, outstanding, man. Outstanding. Have a great day. Thanks, Nacho. Appreciate you, man. Have a good day at work, brother. 351-999-3787 is the Pulse of the Nation hotline. Appreciate you calling in, Nacho. Uh, We'll get back to the cap gymnastics here in a quick second, just just rolling through some of these uh, comments. No, 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 no. We're not speaking it into existence, Manny. We're speaking it out of existence. <laughs> and that's why I need, I feel like the need to make sure that we tell the truth about Mari Cooper. Because if it does happen, they're going to lie to you. So I want to make sure we're telling the truth about it. All right, let's get back into it. Now, where are we with... Can't do anything with CD. Can't do anything. Obviously, Michael Gallup is a uh, free agent. So he went on to the tight ends. Now, I wouldn't do anything here because I don't think it's an, it's really a lot of money. But Blake, obviously, that's one of the things I'm kind of like, damn, on because Blake Jarwin was my guy. I like Blake Jarwin. 
I uh, thought he could be at the very least a compliment or a really good tight end too. And I still think he can. Uh, but I thought he was tight end one heading to the season. But Dalton Schultz obviously played his way into that last year when he got hurt and then took it over completely in 2021. But Schultz is a free agent. Uh, so they're talking about Blake Jarwin and, and moving on from him, which will create $3.8 million in savings. Only reason why I would not do that is because there literally is no other tight ends besides uh, Sean McEwen. So you're really, really thin at tight end. And his cap hit's not hurting you, especially when we go through this whole thing and you see how much room you have. There's just no reason to cut Blake at this point. Um, if you get into the draft and you draft a guy, if you, if you sign a guy in free agency, we talked about a few free agent options, um, then you can think about it later. But there absolutely is zero point in cutting him at this moment. Uh, because his money is not going to deter you from doing what you want to do in free agency or bringing back guys, right? So um, I'm disappointed in Blake Jarwin because of the injuries over the last two years, uh, but not to the point to the tune of cutting him right now and creating a huge hole at tight end when you don't need to do that. Um, I'm still of the ilk, go get me one of the guys in free agency, one of my favorites in Joku, OJ Howard, things like that. And again, we talked about, Coach McCarthy being a tight end guy. He, he's very used to going out in free agency and getting a tight end. So I would I would do that. Go get yourself a, a, a cheap contract. We talked about the Catboy criteria. There's a few that fit that. And then you just roll with it. You roll with Blake, that guy. If you go draft a dude in third, fourth, fifth round, whatever you t- decide to draft one, cool. And let's and let's get down. So I'm I'm cool with keeping him at this moment, but there's a pin, put a pin in that, and let's see what happens uh after the draft after free agency but i don't think this is a albatross of a contract right so let's move on to the offensive line here's where it gets interesting so right after the season came on this show and i'm like man it might be time Uh, with tyron smith it might be time to go ahead and start this retooling process up front his his cap number still isn't egregious. They say here, despite two years, $27 million remaining on his contract, uh, the eight-year pro just a few weeks ago, or hit his eighth, eighth pro bowl, I'm sorry, just a few weeks ago, rumors about Dallas trading away this offseason have begun to percolate. I don't hear any rumors about trading, but I won't sit here and fake the funk. I definitely was like, listen, man, if my mindset is of the ilk that I want to start the retooling right now, rip the Band-Aid off, it would be moving on from my guy. You would save about $13.5 million if you move on from Tyron. Um, But I don't think they're going to do that. And I'm not saying that they necessarily need to, but if I'm going to be rip the Band-Aid off guy, that's the one. But can we all agree Tyron is likely going to miss minimum three games, probably five, that's just is what he is what he is at this point. And I've been, I'm going to keep riding this Tyron Smith left tackle train to the wheels fall off. But again, uh, joked about it last year. A couple of those wheels got squeaky this year. More of those wheels got squeaky. So they starting to fall off, but I'm going to tell you why you don't need to cut them right now for cap space, because there are other moves that you can make to create a ton of cap. And not have to deal with it. So you can still keep Tyron around. Draft his future replacement if you want to draft one. Maybe you got it in-house. 
develop a guy. It doesn't have to be first round. It could be second, third, fourth round, whatever, and, and, and continue to develop a guy. Just know, though, he's going to go down. I think this really all depends on what they decide to do with Lyle Collins. I know we're getting real into the weeds here, but if they decide to move Lyle into guard, inside to guard, that will put still at right tackle. You're going to have to go out and get you a real swing tackle because he's going to go down. Or if they decide to keep Lyle at right tackle and battle it out with Terrence Steele, now Terrence is your swing tackle. Regardless, if Tyron is on this team, you need to have a viable backup option. That is a fact because he's going to go down. So do you restructure it? No, I'm not restructuring it. I think you need to start thinking about life without Tyron Smith. Do you cut him? If I'm ripped the Band-Aid off, guy, yeah. But it might be too early to make that decision. And I would say no because you don't need to. Now, before I knew about the monies and how, how much money we could create, I was like, man, you might need it. But you don't. So think about that for a second. You're keeping his cap hit on. You're keeping uh, Ezekiel Elliott's cap hit on. And you mean to tell me, Sky, I can still get $50 million in cap? Yeah. Yeah, you can. And we're going to show you how. Before I move on, let's see what you guys got to say. Tyron has a swing. Sky question. Is our goal to go all in or rebuild? Because if we are doing the latter, I tear it all down. Jerry will never rebuild, Tom. So for me, the goal is to go all in. And that's what I'm trying to do with this, this, this project right now is Find a way to finesse the cap enough to be able to go all in. We know Cowboys don't do the all in thing for agency, but you can at least bring back your guys. So if all in is accumulate as much talent as possible and deal with the ramifications later, then you keep Tyron Smith, right? But if I'm ripped the bandaid guy, like you said, tear it all down, then yeah, you get rid of the guys like Tyron and other guys. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not tear it down yet. I'm not there too much core talent to be tearing anything down. Um, so so keep as much talent as you can, as long as you can still do what you want to do cap-wise. And before I knew of, of how much, I thought maybe Tyron might be one of those casualties, but he doesn't have to be. Dave says, Tyron is a diamond, and we're less likely to have that success upcoming draft. Twan says, Tyron better than tons of players. When he misses games, he gets injured by his own guy. That's crazy you say that because... Uh, Last year, I was, they say, putting on a cape for, for Tyron because people were like, oh, he got hurt. I was like, wait, man, somebody rolled up on Tyron Smith. It wasn't his fault, but, but he got hurt. This year, same situation, I believe. Uh, somebody rolled up on him and got hurt. But he was also dealing with that, a bunch of different things. It wasn't just his knee. It wasn't just his ankle. It was a whole bunch of different things. And He's not going to get better health wise as he gets older so i come to that conclusion that we're on a ticking we're on a clock with tyron so you you, if you're smart you start that preparation for life without him i'm hoping dallas is doing that i hope they don't go into this season and say yeah you know what we're gonna go sign titan secchi you know what i mean nah man uh if josh ball's your guy he's your guy if it's terrence he's it's terrence but you need to start thinking about that James is done with Tyron. He says it's time to move on. He's getting worse. Uh, not only injury, but he's starting to hold more. And it's costing us field position. I, not not a good end to the season, I will tell you that. Tyron Smith was not good against the uh, 
49ers. But um, while his game may it may take a slight hit, his slight hit still makes him a top 10 tackle in this league. And in the league with bad offensive line play, it's not a bad idea to keep Tyron around. Even if he's only going to play 10, 11, 11 games. Likely those 10, 11 games are going to be better than anything that you can get. Um, as long as you can still maneuver. And then we're going to figure out how we can do that. Uh, Marcus says, Sky, I see Whitworth and believe Tyron can be that guy. Am I wrong? I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, Marcus. I think you're wrong because Whitworth was a, an Iron Man. I think he got injured and missed like a full year. But other than that, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not going to pull it up. But I think Whit plays 15, 16 games a year. So I would say, no. Nah. I would say he's not Whit in that, in that manner. All right, let's move on here to our guy. Can't do anything. Obviously, Connor's a free agent. Tyler, be honest, you do nothing. Zach Martin. Another one of those easy ones, if you ask me. Um, Zach's not going anywhere unless he pulls a Ali Marpet. Salute to Ali Marpet. He just retired. One of the, the long time, not even that long, but eight-year pro, I think, out of uh, in Tampa. Unless he pulls a Tyler, Tyler. A Travis Frederick and retires, I think Zach is going to be around. And he's still one of the greatest guards this game has ever seen. He's still playing as one of the best guards. Um, I mean, they talk about PFF grading him as, you know, second best or whatever. I don't need PFF to tell me what I see every time I don't want to tape this this year is that Zach Martin is elite. Um, he's elite. He's not old in the sense of 36, 35. I think he's just 30 or so. Uh, easy restructure. Save yourself $8 million. I don't even think this is that difficult of a decision. Your best players playing at the top of their game or what have you on the right side of their age, I think you go into every year talking about, hey, can we move some money around? Can we, can we, can we restructure so we can add more money? Because they're going to be here long term. Zach is the easy one. I don't know if you want to call it adding and extending Zach. Maybe that will help too. But you definitely can restructure him and you save $8.5 million. I mean, th- this this has to be easy, right, Cowboys? Would you restructure Zach Martin? Would you restructure him? I think that's easy. Uh, Prime says do it next, I'm not, next year or right now. Gregory says youth speed, the sooner the better. Manny says improve left guard. That instantly makes the center even tiring better. And I do think Lyle Collins can make the move back there. Yeah. Uh, resounding yes. K uh, Knox says definitely, uh, absolutely. Peter Glenn, yes. I-, I think this is this is easy. Marcus says one false start, zero holds, two penalties overall. Doesn't get better than that. That that's Zach's numbers. Woo. Okay. Fresh said I refresh. I'm sorry, I refresh. I'd restructure Zach and use the savings to sign curse. That's where we're getting. So remember, we are now creating $38 million worth of cap space with three moves. Which would put us roughly over $10 million of cap space at this moment. Right? We're looking up to upwards of $15 million-ish of cap space the Cowboys have by making three moves. And moves I don't think are crazy. Extending a Cooper or whatever you want to do. Obviously restructuring Dak. And, and Zach Martin. But you might say, Scott, that's not enough. You know, we, we got to resign this person and that person. What if we want to get busy in free agency? Cool, I got you. I got you. 
Lyle Collins. Very hot topic here. So I'm very interested to see how y'all feel about this one. I'm still good with Lyle, but a lot of people aren't. Uh, they say finish top 15 uh, according to PFF. Again, take it how you want with PFF. He ended more than half of his salary is set to become fully guaranteed on March 20th. So keep that in mind, too. March 20th is a, is a, is a big date for some of these contracts. But you can add two void years, restructure his contract, and you take that down from $15 million to $8 million, which would save $7 million. Yes, I do. I told you I'm about accumulating talent. I'm about making things easier, not more difficult on myself. Getting rid of Lyle Collins to me would be a mistake, especially in a league where offensive line is not that good. You're going to hear people try to come at Lyle. They're wrong. He's still a good player. Uh, What they would be right about is that maybe Lyle needs to be in better shape at times, right? Um, That's one thing we don't know what he's going to do coming into the year. He came into the season actually, you know, being in good shape per se. We saw him working out with Dak, working out with Zeke and things like that. Then he went on ahead and did a little fake drug test thing from last year. That caught up to him, so he's a bit unpredictable. But I would touch it. Some people will say, no, don't touch it. Got suspended. Worried about him and his uh, conditioning. I'd say you do it. I say you do it because I'm, I'm about collecting as much talent and I need as much bread to bring back said talent or grab more talent. I don't think it's that bad. Lyle's 29. I think he'll be 30 in 2023. Uh, so he's still not old. I think he can still play right tackle fine, but you can move him into le- to left guard as well. So he has that versatility. So I personally would definitely restructure this and add seven more million. So now we're adding 15 more million dollars between Zach Martin and Lyle Collins. We're talking about $45 million restructured from guys that are going to be around. I don't, these aren't difficult decisions. So when he, when he comes on here and he talks about all this pie stuff, it's broken down by people that don't work for Dallas. David says, keep Collins moving to left guard. I think that is the, the big thing here. I wouldn't restructure Lyle, says TC9. We might want to get out of it soon. That's fair. I mean, if you don't want to restructure, that's fair. I can't, I can't be mad at it. Tom says, Lyle, future left tackle? Nah, I don't. I, I like him. I liken him better at right. Uh, I wouldn't say future left tackle. In fact, y'all might kill me on this, but we talked about this before with Terrence Steele. We did our, our episode on who's next to be restructured not restructured to be extended I would extend Terrence Steele and you go into the season either he's your right tackle or he's your swing but give him more reps at left because he started to play better at left tackle he really did he started to play better and you know I'm 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 about as high as I can get on Terrence Steele I think he can be a starter in this league thought he showed that Bailey wants on field incentives for for uh Lyle Collins I'm down with that Big Sarge says letting any good offensive lineman go in the league with a bad O-line play is a bad thing to do. Totally agree. Totally agree. Collins isn't proven healthy, and Martin might not play much longer. Not the right moves. Why wouldn't Martin play much longer, Landon? Am I missing something here with with 
with Zach Martin. And I did bring up, unless he pulls a Ali Marpet, unless he pulls a uh, Travis Frederick and retires out of the out of the blue, then that would suck. But I don't see anything that says that he won't be playing more. He's a nine-year pro. Yeah, eight-year pro. So he's going to his ninth year in a league where offensive lineman played for 15. Um, so I think that's an easy one. Lyle, I totally can see why people would fall back on Lyle a little bit, right? But again, I'm trying to accumulate as much talent and get as much cap and go all in on this thing. So if I can save eight, seven million, use that seven million to bring back XYZ or go get XYZ, I'm good with it. I can live with it. Uh, Twan said, "When's the last time Tyron played besides a beside a decent left guard? Put Collins by Tyron and see what happens." I, I never. So I'm I'm of the the ilk that ty, I'm not worried about Tyron individually, no matter who he plays next to, right? Like Tyron's cool when he's healthy. You can put Phil Costa next to Tyron. Tyron going to hold his weight. It's the guard that I worry about the. McGovern, the Connor Williams, things like that. But I am interested to see Lyle at left guard. Not a lot of people are, but I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't whine about it either way. But I said this at the beginning of the off season. If you want to fast track your offensive line overhaul, it would be with Lyle at left guard. But what Dallas does with pick 24 or 56 could determine that whole situation, right? Because if they go guard in the first round, there ain't no Lyle to left guard. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Am I concerned with Lyle's maturity? Lack of accountability for his conditioning. Ah, concerned with his maturity. I'm not concerned with his maturity. Nah, I'm not concerned with his maturity. The conditioning thing that I said this before to my guy, boss, I said, Lyle can be as good as Lyle wants to be. He has that kind of talent, but he has to have that. He has to match it with that work ethic. So Lyle can be as good as he wants to be. It's just a matter of getting out there in this off season and working at what they ask you to. So if it's left guard, I said this before, you got to let him know sooner than later. If it's right tackle. All right, big boy, let's do it. But I, I think he has all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of how good does he want to be? There are concerns. I'm not going to lie. There's concerns. You know? All right, let's move on to where are we at. Ah, DeMarcus Lawrence. So here we are. $45 million has been saved, have been saved between Lyle, Zach, Coop, and Dak. I don't think those are crazy restructures. Here's the one where something absolutely has to be done. All those other ones besides Dak Prescott, you could you could argue I don't got to touch anything. Not the case with Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, something has to happen. And before we go and do that, let's take a look at Demarcus Lawrence's year, because that is, I think his season is being underrated because he only played seven games. And people will say, "Well, I get it. Look what the defense was like without Demarcus Lawrence." Right. They moved Micah Parsons down. They played well. But I think they played better when DeMarcus Lawrence got back with those boys. So you look at the numbers. It's it's not like it's this you know, it's crazy season because he only plays seven games. And I have DeMarcus Lawrence as one of the few players that, that 
played well enough in the in the uh, playoff game. There wasn't a ton of players, but I think D-Law was one of them. I thought you saw his worth when he came back. Kind of mind-boggling to me that people don't like this man, but Demarcus Lawrence is without a doubt one of the best defensive ends in football, y'all. And I say that specifically because people go, oh, I only had so many sacks. I get it. You paid him to get sacks. He hasn't had 10 sacks since then. But I will not ignore everything else he does. And I would not ignore that he still gets to the queue. The concern with D-Law is not his play. Let's, let's, let's be real. It's not his play. The concern with D-Law is injury-related. Right? The broken foot again. He broke his foot earlier in his career. He plays dinged up, right? He is hurt guy, too. He's more dinged up hurt guy, but he plays well. So I'm I'm not moving on from Demarcus Lawrence. I am not trading him. I am not cutting him. The only way then, if Sky, you're not trading him, you're not going to cut him. What are you going to do? You can't keep him at 27. You absolutely cannot keep him at 27. So this is the one, y'all, where I would be like, if y'all not with this move, I get it because it is risky with the injuries and things like that. But let's stick to the base here, which is accumulate talent and cap to get more talent. Not the other way around. So, yes, I restructure him. And here's what you do. Uh, you can restructure most of his $19 million into a signing bonus, tack on two void years. That drops his 2022 cap hit from $12 million, freeing up to $12 million. Freeing up $14 million in cap space. Now, y'all tell me this. Cut him and save $8 million or restructure him and save fourteen. It ain't that hard to me. It ain't that hard to me. It, it, you know, you're going to cut him for $8 million? I'm keeping him. And, and get $14 million in cap space. So when... This man here, Stephen Jones, comes out here and says, oh, I had to make this move or or whatever because Cap, bull sugar. You could restructure him, keep your best players, and still go add more talent. So I am doing that. But I get it. So let me listen to y'all. Do you, yes or no, restructure the Marcus Lawrence contract? And I got another question after that. Stephen says, pay him. Bailey says, keep him. You got to do something too, by the way, y'all. So there's two there's two things here. <laughs> you're either going to restructure or you're going to you're going to get rid of him. You can't let him sit at 20. I don't think you can. I don't think you should do that. You should let you can't let him sit at 27. Technically, obviously, you can, but that is an enormous cap hit. It's higher than your your quarterback. I'm not doing that at this moment. You got to move. You got to do something. Uh, Twan said D Law is good. Absolutely. I don't let anybody tell you different. Uh, same with Tank's guy. We definitely might want to get out his contract, possibly even next year. That's a next year problem. I'm trying to win the Super Bowl now. I, t- I told y'all. And I'll get to it in a second. Um, Lady Lady D says yes. Gregory says no. Glenn says yes. C, yes. Oh, Twan, you speaking up my alley now. He said draft, draft Davis. Jordan Davis. Come on, man. Come on. I said I wasn't going to get a pet cat. David C., you're right. Restructure. Keep him. 
restructure and keep him. Hell yes, restructure. I trust him, restructure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you watch Demarcus Lawrence when he came back and say, got to get rid of that guy so we can save $8 million in cap space. And I get what you're saying, TC915. And you can say that for all these dudes, maybe instead of, except Dak. Yeah, eventually you're going to want to get out of the contract. But there's only one player that I really apply that to, and that's Zeke, because of the position. Everyone else, I can restructure because I expect them to be around. But at the end of the day, if you do decide to move on and you think, oh, this is going to hurt, you know, you're going to have to pay 10, 12, 15 million dollars in dead cap. Y'all know what I say. How much more can you hurt me, Dallas? It's been 26 years. Right? A lot of people that are for the cap say, oh, well, you keep kicking the can down the road. It's going to come back to bite you in the butt. The Cowboys been bitten in the butt for the last 26 years. A couple million dollars in 2025 ain't going to hurt me. <laughs> it's just not going to do it. So if I can keep the markets, create more cap, I'm doing so. At a position and, 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 and really at his, his level of play, I'm doing it. Flat out. So now we've created 50-something million dollars by simply doing some cap gymnastics with your best players. Players that I expect, me, Skywalker, expect to be around longer than next year. All right, I think there's a few more. Uh, actually, really one more, but let's go ahead and move down the line here. Can't do anything with Randy, free agent. Can't do anything with Neville, Carlos, things like that. Linebacker position, there's nothing you can do at the linebacker position. We talked about this on Friday. We'll briefly go back over it. Anthony Brown. Yes, he carries a 6.5 million cap hit. I'd like it to be lower, but I ain't tripping about it, especially in the passing league. I thought he earned his keep. I thought he played well. You could technically cut him and you'd save, I think it's like $5 million. Again, I ask you, is it, is it worth, what are you doing with the $5 million? I just created you, Cowboys Nation, $53 million. Why fool around with Anthony Brown? Give me all the, the, the talent, all the players I can get, especially in that cornerback room. So I'm not touching Anthony Brown. He's on the last year of his deal. Let him play it. Let him battle with boss man or whomever. Maybe you draft a guy. Let him battle. Keep Anthony Brown around. I, I don't see the need to touch him. D, see, people. Now, you got this type of thing here. D-Block said, let A-B go. I think those are people more so like, I, I A-B sucks. I don't like A-B. He's not a good player. I would disagree. I, I think A-B is a solid depth guy on this team. Uh, played his way into a decent number two. But I just don't see the need to do it cap-wise because that's what we're talking about here. Cap wise, I don't see the need to do it. You don't need it. I just created you fifty-three million. Now you got over thirty million dollars in cap to play with. And then the finally, the, the last move, the sixth move here. Easy. This is easy for us. It might not be easy for Bones Fossil because it's his guy. But you restruct I'm sorry, you cut. I restructure. <laughs> you cut Greg Zerline, and that saves you two point four four million dollars on the cap. And we talked about this, I believe it was Friday. With that cap number, uh, I'm sorry, with that money, what I would do 
is spend it on one Brian Anger. Well, I didn't mean to highlight everybody, but Brian Anger. I spend the money on Brian Anger. You bring him back. That way, it's just it's an even swap. It's kind of a you know one for one move. I'm not. I don't got to draft a punter. I don't got to sign a punter in free agency. I pay my guy, my Pro Bowler, and Brian Anger. Easy peasy. So those are my six moves, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kind of review them real quick before I get back into the chat. Move number one, restructure Dak Prescott. Easy. Creates $15 million. Don't touch Ezekiel Elliott's money. Move number two, restructure or extend Amari Cooper. Opens up another $15 million. Don't touch Blake. Don't touch Tyron. Restructure Zach and Lyell, which also opens up another $15 million. And then you restructure Demarcus Lawrence, which, which opens up $14 million. And now we're looking at upwards of $40 million or so dollars, and you cut Greg Zerline. So you have plenty of cap space with these moves. You keep your top players, and you can become players if you want in free agency. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think what you're going to see is they will they will create cap space, hopefully, to bring back their guys. And honestly, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Yes, Dallas has a crap ton of free agents. I can give a damn about most of them, to be honest with you. And that's a salute to everybody that played. The Dalton Schultz, the Sed Wilsons, you know, all these guys, the Dorrance Armstrongs. There's two dudes. And they are dudes that I'm worried about bringing back with this cap space. That is J. Ron Curse and Randy Gregory. I get those two dudes. I use the rest of this cap space to go out and add some quality free agents. Unfortunately, you're not going to go get a honey badger. You're you're probably not going to go get uh, one of these high end guys. But the only hope we have is that cat boy, Stephen Jones hits again at family dollar hits again at Marshall's hits again at TJ Maxx. Right. So you got to hope that, you know, you go out there and you get an OJ Howard type of thing, uh, a Marcus May type of deal. And they can do that with that cap space. You go look at at those market value projections. Not a lot. We talked about Marcus May one year, six million dollars. Come on, man. Come on down. OJ Howard's looking at something like four million. Come on. That's nothing. That's nothing. And then you fill the rest of your roster in the draft. One thing I don't want to do is rely solely on my draft picks. Um, it worked out decently this year. I was it worked out very well. Let's just be real. Uh, you had, obviously, Michael Parsons, right? Golston, Osa, those guys. Uh, but for the most part, is Mike Parsons. And if you're going into each year and your draft picks are playing a crap ton of plays year one, minus your first or second round guy, that means there's a lot of holes on your roster. I don't think Dallas has to has to go into the draft with a lot of holes on their roster. They, they they can keep the guys they need to keep, add a lot of talent, and they go into the draft and have the luxury of picking the best player there. And I know that is a buzzword, but I'm being serious. They have at 24, they don't have to back themselves into a corner. So that's where I'm at with it. Rand, Randall said no Schultz. Nah. I'm, I'm, I'm out on him, 
because of it's gonna cost you twelve, thirteen million dollars. I'd rather put that money towards a J. Ron Curse, towards a Randy Gregory, and go get me a guy that I think could come in here and step in and do exactly what Schultz did. No offense to Schultz. Said it plenty of times here. Product of his environment, not necessarily the feature of it. So I, I don't look at him as a special talent. TC915 says sign hooker. That that could happen. However, if I can get Marcus May, I'm, I'm prioritizing Marcus May over Malik Hooker. But, you know, if if they're so scared, which is mind-blowing to me, because the whole we want to keep our guy thing, technically J-Ron really ain't your guy. Malik Hooker really ain't your guy. Not Demonte KZ really ain't your guy. You you got those guys in free agency. So I could play this thing both ways. And put me in the room with Steven. I talk his ass right out of what he's saying to me. Those really ain't your guys. You just hit at the family dollar store. So my, my thing is, imagine if you go and you shop at Nordstrom or something. You know what I mean? Imagine if just from time to time you got your refund check. If you in college, you, a, you got your income tax check. You know what I'm saying? You say, you know what? I'm going to do something nice for me. I'm going to do something nice for Cowboys Nation. Go out and get me a honey badger. I'm going to go out and get me a, what's the cat from, I don't want to butcher his name, the cat from Atlanta, the, the linebacker we talked about before. I'm going to go out and get me something nice. And because you are who you are, because you are Julius from Everybody Hates Chris, it's not going to be a regular occurrence. So I'm not asking Stephen Jones to do this on a regular. But I'm just saying, imagine if you go to one of those stores, take the chance and help your team get closer to six because you damn sure ain't doing it otherwise. That's all I'm saying, Cowboys Nation. Steve said Badger won a lot. Uh, love him, but no, that, that's what I mean, though, Stephen. Why? Like these, Honey Badger is elite. Honey Badger is worth it. So I, I don't care that he wants a lot. That's my point. You know, sometimes you gotta you get what you pay for. Right. And I don't view him as trying to think of of a lot of these other free agents that get paid a lot of money. And I'm going to go a different sport. I'm going to go basketball, the Timothy Moskovs, the Luau Dangs, and and, and, and then the Catherine Blazers that went to Charlotte. You know, the Batums. When the cap went up, they got paid. I'm not talking about doing that. I'm talking about the elite of the elite. There's mid players that that you can hit as well, right? You're still going to shop at Family Dollar to fill your pantry, to fill your closet, I should say. But go shop at Nordstrom, man. You want to take out that nice suit or that nice shirt from time to time, right? You're not going to wear it all the time. You may not even notice the, the suit all the time. But when that time comes, right, you're going on a nice date, you hit the playoffs, you're in the fourth quarter, you need a big play, you know, loosen up the suit, put that thing on, boom. Your high-end guy, money guy makes a play. We actually saw that with Brandon Carr. People want to get on Brandon Carr a lot, Cowboys Nation. My apologies for rambling here, but it's all coming to me. Brand, people really got on Brandon Carr, but it wasn't Brandon Carr's fault, in my opinion, how his, his career ended in Dallas. That was a system change. 
Go look at his first couple years in Dallas under the right system, a system that fit him. Brandon Carr was getting like six interceptions. He was making big plays for you. So, again, when this man, Stephen Jones, goes and tries to fool you and say, he brings up Brandon Carr plenty. You know, we did it with Brandon, and now, you know, we just can't. Bro, that was 10 years ago. And it worked. You know why it ended sour? It had nothing to do with Brandon. He was a player, he was a, a pro, played every game. It didn't work out with Brandon because you, you decided to bring in a different system that didn't tailor to his 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 needs or his his uh, positive traits. Didn't make him better. So now I ain't putting that on Brandon, man. No safety money for me. Professor O says I hire you as general manager for Dallas this year. What's your first free agent signing? Are we counting? I'll get back to that question. I just need to add and ask this first. Are we counting our guys or free agency period? Because if you can't tell who I'm leaning towards, I'm biased. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I am a safe. I love safety play. I would love to pair this man. But yeah, let me know, Professor. Are we talking our guys? Are we talking open market other teams players? Free agency, period. I'm going to go get honey. I'm going to get honey badger. That's what I'm doing. I, listen, I could build a really damn good offseason for Dallas from other teams' players by signing one high-profile dude. It'd be him. You know, I need the middle of my field solidified, so I'd start with him in the back. And I come to my linebacker position, right? And then I'd come down to defensive tackle where I can get a couple one tech guys. Yeah, I would over Marcus May. And I like Marcus May. Here's why I would over Marcus May. Um, Achilles, you know, coming off the Achilles. That's number one. Uh, number two, Honey Badger is could essentially be utilized like a J-Ron. And what I mean is, they use J-Ron Curse all over the field. You, they can use Honey Badger all over the field. And he can play the roof damn well. So imagine if you got J-Ron Curse and Honey Badger next to each other. You know? You have no idea what's about to happen. Because if you go back and watch that game, I want to say it's Tyran. Talking about the Chiefs game. I want to say he was there, but I, I do know that they utilize that. I mean, this is against Dallas. Not every team is the same, but they utilize that same philosophy uh, that Denver did. They had their safeties everywhere, up, down, back, forth. And they did that with Honey Badger a lot. If you go look at his usage, he's in the slot. He's back at free. He's in the box. He's at strong. He's at linebacker. He's everywhere. So I just think he can be such an X factor for this team. Um, and again, I've been lobbying for him since he was a free agent and went to Houston. So this ain't new, but yeah, he, he's who I'd want. And I'm biased. I'll be real. I want to prioritize safety. And the fact that I know they're not going to do so in the draft means I'm going to do so in free agency. So that's where I'm at. I don't think you're declining. All right. TC says Chandler Jones. You're getting up there, but he's still good though. Uh, Jason likes Stefan Gilmore. What about what about boss man? See, this is why I don't think 
corner is going to be a high priority pick in the draft or high priority free agent target because they are stacked in that cornerback room in regards to guys that are here long term and 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 assets accounted for right round two Trayvon Diggs round two with boss man I, I can't really see them signing a Stefan Gilmore uh Tom says what's your opinion on Dorrance Armstrong Sky out on Dorrance I think Dorrance is a replaceable guy I also think he played his way out of Dallas right like I think he'll get a healthy contract by somebody he had a career year uh appreciate what he what he did here in Dallas but he's not he's, he's not a guy I don't think I can't replace in fact I think you did that last year when you signed Terrell Bash into a two-year deal. Ooh, Tom talking about Calais Campbell. Um, see, this is what I'm saying. If I get myself $30, $40, 50000000 million a cap, you can build a contender by adding four pieces, one being a high-priority guy and like three other tier two type of, of uh, contract guys. And I say contract because the contract is really what matters here. You can do it. Just got to take it. If you just take off the cat boy hat and, and put on your common sense, you can do it. You can do it, man. We, 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 we're going to have to do just a free agency show. We, we've done free agency shows in regards to positions, but we can talk about all these guys. I see Brandon Sheriff being mentioned. I see Calais Campbell, um, a couple other guys being mentioned. Like I said, Stefan, Honey Badger, Chandler. Yeah. Steven said no because you have to lose a couple linemen in AB. What do you mean? No, you don't. I told you, I just created you. $60 million in I'm sorry. 40 ish million dollars in cap? I don't got to cut nobody. Not a dang soul. And usually when you sign a guy like a Honey Badger, you're signing them to like a four year deal ish. So that first year hit is not 14 million, right? It's not 17 million, 18 million, whatever. His, if I'm not mistaken, go look at Spotrack. His market value, I think, is $14 million. So it's not going to be $14 million year one. Right? Uh, Sky, if you became GM and signed a big-time free agent, you'd be a hero and get the key to the city. <laughs> Facts. I haven't done it since Brandon. So, Brandon Carr. So if it happens, man, we'll definitely do a breaking news. We'll jump on here. But regardless, we're going to sign people. So we'll be keeping you all posted as well. Uh, Von Miller, Dante Fowler being mentioned. You know, he's all some good names. Tawan talking about drafting Davis. That's my guy. I, again, I am super biased. He's the guy that I would love to have at 24. Some people are saying absolutely not. Uh, Travis Jones is the other day two, probably day two guy. Uh, but I, I, I love a Jordan Davis type because I feel like he's going to be need specific, team specific. Uh, but there's potentially going to be other players available on that board at that time. Potentially. Saw one of Bobby Wagner. I think we mentioned this last week. Bobby Wagner. It's the open market. Uh, While he doesn't fit the Dan Quinn measurable trait that we talk about, I'm going to have to give me a visual so you guys can see what I'm talking about. The sub 230 guy, the 220 guy, fast, athletic. Bobby's athletic. Bobby's fast for Bobby. But. He's Bobby Wagner, right? There are there are outliers. And last year, I thought I wanted to bring in a KJ Wright for that veteran leadership. Um, he may not fit the mold of the measurements, but KJ Wright, I thought, had some good years left in him, at least, or a year. 
So why the hell would I say no on Bobby? I said this before. Bring bring me if Bobby Wagner hits free agency and you can get him for a decent number, absolutely. Because we are extremely thin at linebacker. Uh, but Twan, we did a show where we featured the Catboy Criteria linebackers, um, and the the guy that I'm for is Quan Alexander. Um, been he fits it perfectly. Been a hurt guy his career has tons of talent. Shouldn't cost you a lot. And he also fits Dan Quinn's criteria, which is that sub-230, super athletic, super fast, uh, playmaker type. So uh, I would like to bring in a Quan Alexander type of guy to to add into this room and then go draft you another linebacker in day in, between the first and third and fourth rounds. First and third. All right, man, man, this has been great. Again, we gotta, we're going to try to run a, a free agent show back because y'all are dropping a lot of names. Um, and, I, and I love to talk free agency because I love to talk team building. And today was mostly about doing that exactly. Um, was finding a way because cap management, cap gymnastics is still about team building. It's still about team building. And let me make sure I, I didn't have anybody on hold. My, my apologies. All right. And Dallas fans, let me just say this Dallas fans need not. Let Stephen Jones fool you. That's why I wanted to do this. Because we've been talking about it, right? We've been saying, oh, you create all this cap. But we never really showed you how to. And I think when you actually see it, it's not as bad as the cap demons like to say, oh, you're kicking the can. Oh, you're going to screw yourself. No, you're not. Not in Dallas, at least. You know. Not in Dallas. You can't screw yourself more than you've screwed yourself in the last 26 years. So. If you make these six moves, you put yourself in position to be better next year. If you don't, Stephen Jones, you get rid of those two guys in this left corner. Well, I don't know if it's left or right on your screen, but my bottom left. I think you're setting yourself up for a worse season. And in a time where Dallas hasn't been able to put together multiple winning seasons since 2006, 2007. So I'm not in the business of getting worse. I'm in the business of getting better. Twan, drop his name or unless you guys know it. And I say this all the time before I leave and in, in the middle of things. Players I need to look at. You mentioned a linebacker from Cincy. Uh, yeah, he has some pass rush ability. I'll definitely take a look at bro. Beaver or something he said. Okay. <laughs> Sky said, Tom said, Sky over here showing us how a damn good life can be. I'm not a I'm not a guru. I'm not a I'm not a specialist. I'm not I'm just I'm just a fan, man. But I'm looking at these things. All this information is available to everybody. We can see it. Don't let them blind you. All right, Cowboys Nation, y'all have been great, man. Make sure y'all check out uh A to Z Sports Primetime later tonight with Mo. Uh Mo had a fantastic show yesterday, as per usual. Uh my guy has been killing it. I think we might have him on the show sometime this month. Well, in March. In March as we ramp up for free agency. Uh, check out a to z sports com for all of our articles, uh, keeping y'all up to date as much as we can um, with all things Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say this before I leave because I, I meant to get into some Twitter nonsense. And I hate that I'm even bringing this up. And I'm not going to drop a link. I'm not going to drop the name because it's ridiculous. But so, I'm, I'm going to come up with some type of segment for this. Did y'all see that tweet or that article about creating quarterback competition? For Dak Prescott by going out 
and signing Marcus Mariota. Did y'all see that? Marcus Mariota. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. I just want to give you all a laugh. I just want to give you all a laugh. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you all a laugh. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. Man, if you don't. Shut up. Say it again. Say something now. Oh. Say something now. I don't care how much Say you don't something. like Dak Prescott. Don't come on here with no Marcus Mariota nonsense, man. But with that said, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I want to give you all a laugh when we end this show. <laughs> all right, y'all. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow, about 8.15-ish. Good stuff today. You guys were awesome in the chat. Um, make sure y'all tune in to my guy, Mauricio, later tonight. If you missed it, make sure you run it back. Run it back. We'll be on Facebook and YouTube. Also, right here, Spotify, Google, Apple, all those good things. We'll put the audio. All right? Love y'all. Peace. Shout out to Professor O, the my guy. I want me some glory hope.